Welcome to Teacher in Sign Podcast. I was just thinking there's plenty of topics of interest to both you and I, of course, that we could talk about. Uh, but we were talking and I thought, you know, and you were thinking today, um, let's get into like what's at the very heart of our relationship with God and and also turn the tables a bit and I get to interview you because this all started with you interviewing me. So now I get to interview you. Um, and I just want you to share about your spiritual walk and and what's going on in your life right now. But for those who may not know you, um, do you want to share just a little bit about your background and your church history and all that? Okay, sure. Um, so I was born in Utah and the youngest of 13 children okay. and um, to a really great family and very much... Um, as we say, True Blue, LDS, Utah version, fifth generation uh, on pretty much all sides, except for maybe my mom's dad. Yeah. Um, I think he was a convert, but everybody else was longtime members. Um, currently, uh, all of my siblings are married and what, what we call temple goers, temple worthy. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I grew up obviously just normal neighborhood, um, lots of friends, baptized at eight, uh, young women's personal progress award, graduated from seminary. Uh, I'm just trying to see all the my milestones <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. the religion. Um, all the things. So <laughs> I, yeah, all the things, all the doings. Uh, I played volleyball in college mm -hmm. and I finished my volleyball career and uh, just some experiences while I was at college led me to want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so okay. I served a mission not out of um, a feeling of obligation or anything else, just like really wanting to serve the Lord and just tell people about Jesus. And maybe it was all the parties that went on at University of Wyoming. <laughs> that I like people need the gospel so anyway I'm very very, very thankful mm -hmm. for the institute which is the place where uh, college kids go and they have um, doctrinal teachings and things like that and that was kind of our hangout spot my safe my safe place yeah um, met a lot of good people in and out of the church and just realized I really love Jesus and want to go serve him and so I did. I was called to the Dominican Republic and third world country. It was very, wow. very much a shock, very much like, wow, this is how a lot of the world lives. And even though my family, um, we weren't, you know, super affluent, um, we were compared to those people. Yeah. Like it was amazing, uh, amazing place. And I did, um, feel the spirit guiding me to, uh, share the gospel with people. But I did have some questions, especially as I did a deeper study as missionaries were required to study so many hours a day of the scriptures and other books that were given. And I remember writing down some questions that I had. And one of the big ones was, how can Jesus be both the father and the son? I just could not wrap my head mm -hmm. around that. But, you know, and there were other doubts and other things that came and we're taught to doubt your doubts, not your faith. And so I just yeah. kind of thought, oh, that's Satan. That's like, I don't need to doubt this. Mm -hmm. Another another one was authority. I really wondered about authority and what that was all about. So I just kind of pushed those aside. And I was very dedicated. I love Jesus. And I, I kind of expressed my mission as like I had a permagrin on. Like it just was such an awesome thing to just forget about the world and think about sharing the gospel with other people. And um, so I came back and traveled a bit, finished school, met my husband and um, started having kids. And 
what I started noticing is that the habits that, you know, those personal habits of prayer and scripture study, church attendance, temple attendance, doing your calling, uh, doing your ministering assignment, um, were kind of weighing on me as a mother of five children, ages eight and imagine. <laughs> it's a lot. Right? I was struggling. And then on top of that, I started to have some health problems. Um, my fatigue levels were intensely crazy. I could not get myself out of bed on some days. And so I sought um, help from mainstream medicine, did not get the help I needed, okay. really felt like I needed to search elsewhere, did this whole deep dive into um, depression medication and how ineffective. And anyway, so found other ways to uh, help myself, got into a little bit of like energy and kind of, I guess, new agey stuff. Mm -hmm. But I felt led to that because what I was getting at church was very um, outward performance. And, yeah. and you got to look a certain way. And I was literally dragging my kids to church some days, looking the part, acting the part, but inside just feeling totally dead and going home from church kind of like... Mm drained and exhausted and sad just like so you know searching for things just led me one thing to another to another and we moved to a different state had a baby our fifth baby and uh i think all of those things triggered a lot of stress and a lot of kind of shook my ground and i started getting these questions coming to my mind like when I would read the scriptures, like, who gave John the Baptist authority? Why did Jesus go to him? <laughs> and stuff like, that was one of my main ones. Like, how do we know that we're saved? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm a faithful diehard. I read the Book of Mormon almost every day of my life since age eight, when my primary president gave me a book. And I wrote in my journal. Every, almost every week I have journals going back to about age eight and wow. I wasn't like every consistent but pretty consistent like I was as obedient as it can get in that structure I went to the temple as often as possible with having five kids mm -hmm. um, and my husband and I would pray we had family home evenings but still, I just was feeling hollow and empty and sad and drained, and I needed Jesus. Yeah. And I wondered where he was. Where are you, Jesus? And I remember standing one day in my kitchen, and I was just, like, drained. And I thought, God, where are you? I, if you're really there, I need to know, because I am not feeling you at all. And I was listening to a hymn, and I kind of had, like, a, a moment where I just felt him close okay. and it, it sustained me a little bit. And I'd also had some other experiences. Um, just, I, I became kind of a healer type counselor. I eventually went on and got my uh, health coaching certification. Okay. Um, cause I've always been interested in nutrition and exercise yeah. and all that stuff. So, uh, but, I, even then I was realizing it's Jesus. It's got to be Jesus or nothing. Like all this stuff is, you know, I, I think you mentioned in one of our, maybe, maybe it was just between you and I or on, on re recording or something. You're like, you can't vibrate your way into heaven. <laughs> and that is like, that yeah. nailed it as to what I mm -hmm. realized. Like, this is close. At least my heart is feeling something. Yeah. But it's not the answer and i just knew it and so um again we moved let's see god was just like moving us it, it's kind of like he was taking away all of our our comfort zones yeah all of our things so we moved to utah and bought this big beautiful home and our plan was to have me go to work mm -hmm. and provide some income for that beautiful home and it just wasn't right wasn't the answer and so we sold that home moved in with my parents bought a trailer homeschooled our kids uh and they were you know teenagers the youngest three the oldest two were already out of the house by by this time 
and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And again, like all of those deep questions that I had, you know, like 10 years ago, uh, so it'd be like 2010 through 2012, yep. I did like a deep, deep dive of my testimony, my faith, like what do I believe? And I got some answers, but still I put like priesthood authority, polygamy, um, how important are temples, you know, those things I didn't really get answers for. But what I did get um, was I knew God, knew me, cared about me, loved me, wanted me to be healthy and happy. And I did find some answers for that. So that was awesome. Good. So it was interesting that when COVID hit, again, rocked my paradigm. Like, <laughs> okay, who is this Russell M. Nelson guy? And why is he... <laughs> things that I know are wrong. So deep questions. And then we had some kind of crazy experiences at church. Um, We were uninvited by our bishop. I mean, you'd think bishops would be happy to have anybody coming to church, but he paid us a visit and said, please don't come to church unless you can wear a mask. And you need to pray about wearing a mask because that's what our prophets asked us to do. And my husband and I were like, we've prayed about this and we don't want to wear a mask, you know? And he was, I could tell, visibly angry at us. Nice guy, good man, but I just could feel something wrong, something off. And so, of course, me doing my deep dives into things that I do um, and praying, show me the truth, show me the light. Um, found some stuff and it was like, okay, this is not making sense. So then two years later, we just really felt like we needed to kind of looking at seeing where the world is going and some of these plans and agendas that are not hidden anymore. Um, realizing we need to maybe move to a more rural area, get out of Utah for various reasons. Um, and we ended up in Missouri, in West Plains, which is like the middle of nowhere. It's not near <laughs> any which is what we were looking for. Yeah. So anyway, we're here and um, I uh, continue to do research and continue to have these questions come. And I realized that it wasn't Satan. Those questions were being put on my heart by God. And he wanted me to find the answers and to go to him for truth. And one day I was wondering about the Sabbath day. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of debate about, is it Sunday? Is it Saturday? Mm -hmm. What day is it? And um, into my mind came, uh, worship me in spirit and in truth. And I was like, I know I've read this, that in the scripture somewhere. found it. The woman at the well. Yeah, the woman at the well, when he's talking to the first Gentile, Mm -hmm. I think, of his ministry. And um, I just, I knew there's something to that. I I need to find how to do that because what I'm finding in the current religion that I belong to is it's very much scripted and it's timed. And you can only say things and do things at a certain time in a certain way. And the deep dive that I did into some of the things that some of the forces that are operating in our world, I found commonalities with my religion. And I was like, that doesn't seem right, you know? So why, why why would my church be so regulated and regimented? And then I found um, historical, you know, I'm a history major, so Mm -hmm. also studying history is important to me because history tells us human nature. It tells us how to recognize truth. Um, It teaches us patterns. And I was studying all through, like, I think we started in 2021 with a group of women were studying Isaiah. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you want to be comfortable and not grow spiritually, do not study Isaiah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you will get a kick in the pants. 
and really realized uh-huh. that he saw our day. And he, yes, he there's did. a reason why Jesus said, study the words of Isaiah. Yeah. And great it's in the, book the of Gentiles Mormon. and Israel. Right? Yeah. 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 So anyway, studying that and uh, just stuff and, and really the spirit of the Lord putting questions on my heart. You know, every, yeah. every morning I, I use a scripture journal. So I sometimes I would have questions immediately pop up in the morning as soon as I woke up and I could not wait to dive into the scriptures and find answers. Mm. So I found that one day um, I realized because of my calling in the church, I was going to have to go and speak to a couple of different wards, maybe just one, but anyway, about priesthood, authority, power, and needs. Yeah. And that's been one of my questions since my mission. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I can't do that. I, I can't just give answers and I was talking to my sister about that I said well just go to the church website and read what they say and I was like yeah I could but that would that would hurt my conscience it would hurt mm-hmm. my heart because I know just that yeah. so then I did a deep dive into the scriptures I did a word study of the word priesthood yeah, and I trouble. found that it's all- that's trouble right there I know yeah it is it's like it's not it's only in the old testament portion of the book of mormon yeah and, jesus um, doesn't talk about it it's that's a weird thing for me too when i started looking into it it's like what this odd if it's so important why is jesus not talking about this <laughs> right. like new testament no teachings no teaching of no the word priesthood did not ever come out of his mouth as far as we have on record and I just thought that was yeah. really interesting. So then the magic of AI led me to your videos, your series of priesthood. I honestly think it's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God moving, reclaiming, calling the Gentiles to come and realize who they are and come to him and worship in spirit and in truth. So I listened to your whole series, and I think I even emailed you for the transcript because I was like, if I have to give this talk, I'm reading this. <laughs> yeah. That would get me in trouble. But it actually, you know, it ended up that because of circumstances in my life, I had to just kind of back mm-hmm. away from that calling. I couldn't go to girls' camp. And so they're like, ah, it's okay. probably time for a release anyway because the standard is two years. So I got released okay. from that calling. And I didn't actually end up having to give the talk, but I had a talk kind of already. And so that led me to uh, coming and worshiping with people that you know and love in Holden, Missouri last weekend. Yeah. So just, I guess I should say that before that, oh, this, I I should say this before so a couple weeks before uh that event um i woke up and got out of bed and like i said often um the spirit will kind of put something on my heart a question or a thought and i remember i got out of bed and um i uh I had this thought come out of her and I was like, okay, I know I've read that in the book of revelation. Um, okay, God, what do you mean by that? What are you talking about? And I knew instantly, oh, even before that, a month before that, I, I got it. Sorry. I got to back up. So again, I had a deep dive about garments and temple and realized in the scriptures it says i'm the temple for the lord's spirit anything that i you know my my body is where he wants to dwell and so Mm -hmm. i started questioning that and asking questions and i prayed about garments and one day i was just in my bedroom getting ready for the day and um i kind of asked i was like what do you think about garments heavenly father 
because that's what we receive when we go through the temple and receive special underwear. And literally came to my mind, they're just underwear, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well, meanwhile, I'm studying and studying and studying and learning about some of these uh, secret combinations that are alive and well in our world today and some of their plans and started recognizing they have some oaths, they have covenants, they have signs and symbols that mean stuff. Yeah. And a couple weeks later after I got, I guess it was more than more like a couple months later, um, again, I was getting ready for the day and I looked in the mirror and on my underwear are these symbols. And I just re recoiled and I thought, I, I don't want that on my body. I, I don't want that. And so I prayed about it and I just felt like it's time. Okay. It's time. So I removed my special underwear, put on normal underwear, said a prayer to God. And, you know, if this is the wrong thing to do, let me know because mm -hmm. I am willing to do whatever it takes to worship you in spirit and in truth. And so I just felt fine. I felt peace. I felt good. I wasn't scared about things. And so, you know, just studying every day and, and, having those questions come to my mind and heart and those topics and really getting into the scriptures. And it's amazing because I have time right now, you know, my life's going to change here in a little bit or I won't have a lot of time, but I just felt like this urgency and this, like you've got time spend it in the scriptures. And so I would spend like hours a day, you know, between fixing meals and taking care of my family and cleaning the house. Yeah. I was in scriptures and online and, finding stuff so anyway um when i got to the study of this the priesthood and finding your videos actually confirmed everything that i had studied and i learned some new things as well um i just really felt like this is the direction god's wanting me to go and so that morning when i woke up come out of her i knew exactly what the lord meant and I knew that I cannot compromise anymore. I have to cut ties with everything that is compromised. And I mm -hmm. really felt like at some point along the way, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints reached a point where it was too compromised, yeah. too embedded, too, too um, loyal to the ways of the world in Babylon. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, so about a week before the gathering that happened in Holden, Missouri, I had sent an email to the church records department. Um, oh, wait, back up. So two weeks before that, I called my bishop because I wanted to be honest and open. Yeah. Um, I still have a calling in the church. I teach music to the mm -hmm. children, primary children, which I love. I love music. And I just wanted to make sure that my bishop knew where I stood. I didn't want to, yeah. you know, be hypocritical mm -hmm. or try to hide anything. So I went in with my husband and I told my bishop, here's where I stand. I, I don't really want to argue about anything or try to convince you, you know, of anything. I just want you to know I'm, I'm being mm -hmm. honest. And he said, well, I wouldn't want you to serve in the youth, but I think you're fine in primary. And I was like, okay, I'm good. And two weeks later, I knew I have to do more than that. I, I have to cut ties. This okay. is important for my spiritual welfare and well-being. And it's a personal journey. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying anybody else has to follow the path that I mm -hmm. followed. It's about complete surrender. It's about 100% giving myself to the Lord. And I knew that. Yeah, absolutely. And I knew that. Take. Everybody has their own path. They got to follow the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit as to what the timing is or what he wants you to do and, and all that. It's 100%. That's, you know, I, I'm, I was surprised that he was as uh, lenient. <laughs> 
But I've been yeah, I've been hearing more and more stories like that too of being a little more lenient. So I don't know if there's been a directive sent out. I I wonder because I don't know if there's so many right. people leaving and being kicked out that they're starting to worry about losing people. But yeah, I I, I wonder. Honestly, I think out here in Missouri, um, we're needed at church. In mm-hmm. Utah, not so much because okay. there's probably people that could do what yeah. I do. Okay. Um, you know, out here it's like there's not every not everybody has the musical skills or mm-hmm. talents, you know, abilities, um, or even desire to do. So yeah. that's part of it, I think. But I also think you're right. I wonder if there's some kind of something directive because it's bleeding out. Yeah. So many people are just feeling that. And it's not like I'm angry or I hate anybody or, you know, I went through all of those emotions. Mm-hmm. I went through being angry and realizing, wow, church history is not what I was told. That's normal. And I, I think. Find, yeah, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. I, I finally did get my answers about priesthood and polygamy and, you know, uh, baptism of little children mm-hmm. and all the things that we do that are not in the Book of Mormon and Bible. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I I emailed the church records department and then we came to Holden, Missouri. And on Friday night, my husband and I, my husband, by the way, is not on board with what I'm doing. It's caused a lot of tearful conversations but i actually had to cast out an evil spirit um and since then we have been able to discuss things without contention good okay and uh without anger just in rational ways and i respect his his analytical mind Mm -hmm. and his ability to think and he's very loyal yeah and he supports everything that he learned growing up 100% and so I respect him for that and um, the Lord's going to do his work with him I know it at some point Mm -hmm. and whatever that means you know whatever that looks like for him well everything that can be shaken will be uh, so we know I believe yeah, I believe Lord was I Lord is going to do His work, and He knows who who is His, and including those loyal people. That you know, loyalty is a is a bonus. It's it's a plus uh, in God's kingdom. It'll be a, a bonus. Uh, some of those people have to be set free, but hey, you know, um, whatever the Lord does, it'll be His doing, and and all glory will be to Him, and everyone will be set free that needs to be set free, and we will. Surely be, as he said, one shepherd, one fold. And I look forward to that day when we're all, whatever that looks like, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we walked in on Friday and, and I just, you know, I, I enjoy being around people. I'm an extrovert. My husband, not so much, (laughs) but even still me being an extrovert, I was like, Oh, Father, what am I doing here? <laughs> you didn't want me here. And I could feel Galen's discomfort. Yeah. But what broke my heart was um, Galen being there because I wanted to be there, because he loves me. Yeah. And I wanted to be there because I love God. And I knew this is where he wanted me to be. And so as we were singing unfamiliar hymns with unfamiliar people, <laughs> um, my heart broke. Hmm. And I just thought, this is this is how you worship. These people are going to teach me how to worship in spirit and in truth. And so from then on, um, we had a great experience. At least I did. You know, my husband spent time on Saturday when I came back. I came by myself. My husband spent uh, a few hours in the LDS temple in Kansas City mm-hmm. and that made me a little bit sad mm-hmm. but I just turned that to the Lord and said you've got this Lord I know all, you, all things work together it. for good you know yeah so. yeah <laughs> and you know I've been telling him we live three hours away from the nearest LDS mm-hmm. temple yeah and back in the day when I was a regular temple goer it goes on the calendar you mm-hmm. go no matter what yeah and I would have been going. And I, at one point, I turned to my husband and I said, if you really believe in temples that much, why aren't you going? 
and he was just like, uh, you know, <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. He knows me. So he loves me. <laughs> and uh, uh. he just said, well, I, I don't feel support. And I said, hey, I'll, I'll ride with you there if you want. Like, I, I will support you going. But you mm. know where I stand on it. And, yeah. you know, I'm not. So anyway, it was a good opportunity for him. And he said he felt Christ's love and, mm-hmm. and felt good there because I think God meets us where we're at. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to force us, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and that that strangeness or that unfamiliar, you know, feeling that you had when you came Friday, we've had to confront that same thing because this wasn't our tradition either, you know? We had our traditions in the RLDS, how everything was, and this has been a journey. <laughs> like we're just asking the Lord, how do we do this? You know, so it's been a it's been a learning experience, and uh, not always smooth. But He has just blessed us just by because of the de- the desire and have the effort to do it. Yeah, that you really want to find a way to we follow to the Spirit and to. Uh, just do what he wants, yeah. you know, and not what is prescribed by someone. So anyway, Saturday was amazing. I loved singing hymns and I mm-hmm. loved how we passed the mic around and people just prayed and, and shared stuff that was like raw and real and sincere and, yeah. and uncensored. I like, <laughs> yeah, uncensored, right? Nobody's going there with, Oh, I can't say that because, you know, um, it was just like, it was amazing. And uh, people and made, I, people were real about, <laughs> about what they were confronting and facing and going through. Um, and I, yeah. I appreciate that. I didn't know if that would shock some people, but it, I really appreciate it when people just get real and say, this is how it is. You know, a brother of mine who has been estranged from the church for some years. I mean, he literally just said like, I'm, I'm angry at God. And yeah. that's, that's as real as you can get, you know, mm-hmm. which I relate to that. I went through some of that, you know, and I'm just like, I get it. I yeah. felt that before. Absolutely. And it was, it was awesome. And, and I was just beginning to see that the religious tradition that I belong to shackles those kinds of things it there's no room for that kind of authenticity and sincerity and no room for me being able to have people pray over me so you know i've had a shoulder that's been bugging me for a long time keeping me up at night and and the lord has just said i'll heal it you just got to be patient and so i'm like okay i'm dealing with the pain but interestingly I was prayed over on Saturday, and again, that message came to me. I've got you. This will heal. You give it time. And I just felt peaceful. I felt like even though I wasn't healed instantly, there was something in my heart that was healed because I am more patient. You know, I'm okay with it. Yes, something happened there. I felt um, it. Yep. Yep, I totally felt it and leaning on him. And so what I've been directed to do since then is every time you feel pain, you think of someone to pray for. Hmm. And so that's what I've been doing. So I wake up at night and I pray for somebody and I pray for my shoulder and then the pain goes away and I go back to sleep, which I think is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, and then I knew in my mind because I I had heard, I had heard that you guys uh, were gonna allow baptisms to be for you're gonna have the font filled up. <laughs> yeah, I, like, that never I'm entered done. my it never entered my imagination, or thought that like well we should have a baptismal font because uh, people would want to be baptized or rebaptized or something like that was not in my mind. But just one day the Holy Spirit it was just like the Holy Spirit just hit me and said you should fill the baptismal fountain. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess somebody's getting baptized. I mean, I don't know what. And it was kind of funny because then it was after that, I started getting people saying, hey, I'm considering being baptized, you know? And I was like, oh, Lord, you know what you're doing, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think I emailed you and said, are you guys going to do baptism? So I must not have been the only one. No, nope. <laughs> you weren't. I, I, yep. I'm like, I'm going to this church and I, I'm going to be baptized. I knew it. And so I yeah. wasn't really prepared because in in like in the temple when we do baptisms for the dead and when mm-hmm. little kids are baptized, converts are baptized, mm-hmm. they get they a white jumpsuit. And so yeah. I just brought the things prepared like that. You know, I'm like, well, I'm just going to wing it, whatever. I could have asked you, but I just didn't. And so doesn't really matter. Somebody, it's like worship in spirit yeah, and truth. It doesn't yeah. matter what you're wearing. It doesn't matter what day it is. It, just... <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the first Saturday of every month. Yeah. You know, we have baptism. Anyway, um, a sweet little, uh, a sweet gal about my size offered me some shorts and a t-shirt so i was baptized in shorts and a t-shirt mm-hmm. best thing ever. it was Works. so awesome i just i knew <laughs> i'm like i am dying to my old self i am dead i am wow. i'm new and it was so cool and all through saturday the rest of the night and we had our our discussion well into the evening hours which was so cool it reminded me of my family growing up, we would just sit mm-hmm. around and talk about stuff. Yep. You know, just questions. Up until and... late at night. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember oh, yeah. my sister. It was so good. I... I so much enjoyed that. Yeah. It was. It just felt like family. It was so. It was so cool. And we got on all kinds of tangents, I... and it was it was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that kind of deep fellowship, to me, that's one of the great, great gifts that God gives us, you know, for his people to have and enjoy. It's such a it's such a joy. It is. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I've been I've been reading. Well, I'll finish up and then I'll 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 tell you about that. But so Sunday came and and Galen went with me on Sunday Mm -hmm. and uh, um, it was so good. I, I just, we sang and sang and sang, and it was almost like we were singing the darkness away. And then people, again, needed prayer, and God put something on my heart to go up and be prayed over for. And I felt authority. When you offered that prayer, I was like, this is from God. God is working through this event. So... And you you, you gave a, a beautiful you gave a beautiful message. It was very good, um, and you stood behind the pulpit, which in the previous days probably would have shocked some people because only priesthood stand behind the pulpit. And <laughs> but you know, uh, it's like so it's it's a piece of furniture. <laughs> yeah. It's one of our traditions. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Some people make a big deal out of it. It's it's silly. It's just a piece of furniture, but. You know, uh, anyway, it was it was a joy having you minister to us in that way. It really was. Yeah, it was awesome. And I, I really was given a message. Like, here it is, yeah. you know, and okay, that's... Anyway, so Sunday, when, when we left and I was driving home, I called some of my friends and, and I got to share with them how wonderful it was. And as I was sharing with them... I felt kind of like not really a burning in the bosom, but just like warm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like I was looking at the trees as I was driving and I'm like, I love those trees and look at those beautiful flowers. And yes, I love my family and I love my friend, like just mm. absolutely filled with this yes. feeling of love. And as we arrived home, it didn't stop. I, I felt in my abdomen area just this warm, just beautiful feeling. And so I got to tell my kids about my experience of baptism. And I shared Alma chapter 7, you know, we must be born again. And it was just amazing. Like, I don't think I have felt that deep of a love enter deeply into my system it was just awesome and it, it was wonderful. hours after even into the next day I had this yeah. warm feeling in my gut mm-hmm. I was like I wonder if this is like having the 
my bowels filled with compassion or something. I don't know what it was. It was just <laughs> incredible. Uh. Incredible. Oh, I was just going to say, I had kind of like a no more desire to do evil. Like, I couldn't even listen oh. to like normal music mm-hmm. for a few days. Like, I just was yeah. like, oh, Jesus, I don't want anything else, you know? And I mean, it stayed with me. That part had stayed with me. And I just want to devour his word and, you know, just be with him. But reality, you know, yeah, you got to live life. Wonderful. So, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, we haven't have Zion yet. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, appreci- I appreciate the little congregation trying to uh, just let the spirit lead. And there was a lot of questions that people had that probably they didn't know what how things would go. I. Uh, after the baptism Saturday night, I literally had some a brother come up to me and say, "Are are we going to lay on hands or something?" And I said, "No, the Lord's going to take care of that." I think. <laughs> so, anyway, I'd be happy to share your experience with him on on Sunday when I see him. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, it's it's like we know we have the promise in the scriptures. Jesus says, "If you get baptized in water, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." So we know He's going to do it. Um, there may be instances where there's laying on of hands, but there's a lot of questions about that and when that has to happen or not happen and all that. I just know that I just felt like, you know, (laughs) I don't, it's, we're not coming here. We're not, people aren't coming here because, Hey, we've got all the authority. That's not what's going on here. This is the Lord's work. And I just felt, let's leave it at that. You know, people are making their renewing their covenant with Christ in the way that they want to do with a new understanding they have of him. And I think he takes care of the rest. And surely he has. I mean, it's such a joyful experience. Yes. I've had that experience. Yeah. And even as we're talking about this, even as we're talking, I feel that sense of warmth in up in my, up in my, yeah. you know, from my heart to my mouth. And I just, it's him. It's that baptism of fire. It was sweet. <laughs> it wasn't painful. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was I almost just feel like crying right now just thinking about it and how deep of a love I felt for my children and my husband, my family members, the congregation that we worshipped, you know, it was just or worshipped with yeah, it was definitely God. Yep. No you definitely know John John was telling the truth when he said God is love because when, when he's filling you yes. up like that you just feel that tremendous love that just is beyond, beyond describing. You can't really, explain but. it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, every like I was walking into the house. I'm like, I love you. You know, that's, I, I had to keep myself saying that. I'm like, that's gonna yes. look really weird. Is like, where else? Yep. But you know, as okay. as we continue in this walk and trying to figure things out and just follow the Lord and learn, try to figure out how to worship Him in spirit and truth. Like, I feel like I I've been having these little mini many baptisms of the Holy Spirit, like what it refreshes, you know, and it just, when it happens, it just fills me. And I just think, oh man, I just love my wife so much. Like, I can't even explain it. Like there's no words, you know, and I, yeah. it's just amazing. But yeah, any, anybody that's ever wronged me or it, you know, anything, I'm just like, no big deal. I love them. God's got it. Yeah. He just takes it away. So I just, wanted to share we're out of time but real quick mm-hmm. what i think my my journey has in, involved is this analogy that i got from reading corey ten boom she has a book called not i but christ mm-hmm. and it's it's published her sermons that she gave in like the 70s and her um her assistant translated all of those into english and put them in a book mm-hmm. and she gives this beautiful analogy of when they were in Africa and they had to cross a river, she was ministering there and she was with a group of people and they had to cross a river. And the way to get across the river was this old rickety bridge. And she's like, okay. They had somebody with them who knew a little bit about construction. And so he went and inspected the bridge and looked all over and he declared it to be safe. And so she and her group went across this bridge and it was fine. They got all the way across and it was good. And 
her beautiful analogy that she said was, you know, when we're when we're questioning our faith, we don't need to examine us. We examine Jesus. He's the bridge. Mm. And he will get safely across as we examine him. And I think what I was doing all those years ago is I started examining the bridge that was offered me, which is you have to go on the covenant path. You have to get baptized at eight, receive your endowment, go through the temple, all that. That's the bridge that I was offered. Mm -hmm. And as I began inspecting that bridge, I realized there are some ties here that are cut. If I keep crossing, I'm going to fall. I'm not going to make it to Jesus. In fact, I felt that all those years ago when I was really struggling and going through those performances and ordinances, basically the new law of Moses. Yeah. And it wasn't getting me to Jesus. I was not feeling renewed and refreshed. Occasionally, like God is merciful. And, yeah. you know, that, that one time where I was listening to that hymn, I felt an outpouring of the Spirit and definitely have felt peaceful in the temple before. But nothing, I am telling you, nothing compared to that feeling of love that I had. And I have inspected Jesus and he is the bridge. Amen. It is absolutely 100% him. And he can only, yeah. he's the potter, and he can only work with the clay that's in his hands. <laughs> if you don't give it all mm -hmm. to him, he can't mold you. Amen. You know, he can't. <laughs> so all these beautiful things. So God is still teaching me. He's still saying, hey, pick up this book by Corey Ten Boom. Read about her walk if you don't know she's. Mm -hmm. The one with the hiding place, okay. Christian that he was used in World War II. Yeah. Ended up suffering in, in the concentration camps. And that's not even the coolest part of her story. The coolest part is she went all over the world declaring Jesus Christ and bringing thousands of people to Christ. Hmm. I mean, just by her. She went wherever God told her to go. And a single lady in her 80s. <laughs> You know, I yeah. mean, going to listen. So anyway, I'm learning about her and her walk, and and it's it's just amazing. And mm -hmm. you know, my my pre uh, Mormon goggles would have viewed that as like, oh, that's so nice of her to make those efforts, and someday she'll be able to be baptized for the dead, <laughs> so that she can be in the real church. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, what was I thinking? You know, it's so nice. She's and, working for Jesus, but one day she'll be part of the true church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus is literally performing miracles through her yeah. and bringing people to him. And, you know, I didn't understand that. That was a question for me before. Like, how can, yeah. how can God, you know? And then I would wrestle around with that and think about it. And the only thing that makes any sense is that Jesus is the rod. That's He's right. the bridge. He's the way. Yeah. We inspect him when our faith is, is weak. That's and right. he's got it. He's got us. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't say, come unto the institutional church. Come unto me. I'm the one that gives you rest. So, yeah, it's so simple. Yeah, come unto your covenants, yeah. which is what they teach now. And it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Only one covenant we need to worry about with, with the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even tell you about that one. When I was asking about baptism, oh, maybe that's another time. But honestly, if you ask, seek, and knock, yeah. God will open it. He will reveal to you. And if you do so with just reckless abandon, be willing, like you did when mm -hmm. you sh shared your testimony, that you sat down and you said, I'm willing to go and burn this book, the Book of Mormon. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that's what it takes. You give it all, 100%. Yeah. You put all your clay mm -hmm. in his hands. Yeah. Mm. That's the only way he can work with you, I think. Yeah, he respects that. When we, <laughs> you're willing to lay it all yeah. down, He's he, he will meet us. He does not disappoint. He is yeah. there. Um, if we're just sort of want to have answers that we think we want to know something because we're curious, but we're not really willing to change our life. People like that have problems. They're not hearing from the Lord and they wonder why he doesn't answer. 
But if you mm-hmm. if you don't just if you're not just curious, but you actually are willing to lay it down, you're willing to put everything on the line, and it means everything to know him. He is there. I have never seen anyone who has ever walked away without an encounter from the Lord if they're truly seeking him with everything they have. So Amen. With real intent, right? That's right. Like you teach That's like right. I as a missionary. This stuff works. It's there, but it it can't happen in a place that is compromised, that is making covenants with death that is partially aligned with Babylon and fulfilling their agendas, you know? And good things can happen, but it it handicaps it. It handcuffs your worship and spirit and truth. We're coming to a point where it's, that is what he's going to be saying is come out of here, my people. You have to come unto me and no Mm -hmm. one else and no other institution come to me. There's only going to be one fold and one shepherd. And it isn't any man other than Christ himself. So, and so all glory yeah. goes to him. We can't give glory to anybody else. It's all going to be him. So, Yes, that will be a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And I know people will wake up and come to him in droves. Yes. It's going to happen. I know it. Yes. Um, I'm excited. Well, I know you, you got a time limit, so we'll, we'll close here and then we can always come back another day. Um, but I appreciate you coming on, Suzanne. It's, it was, yeah, you bet. I just love our conversations. It's awesome. Yes, me too. I just have to say hearing you preach, I know it's God, it's the Lord. Cause I look at this man who has, you know, you're just a guy like everybody else, but I'm telling you, there's some things that come out where I'm like, Wow, that's true. That's a thing that I haven't considered before. That's how you. Um, that's how okay. you know it's him. Because if it's me, it's no good. I could do. <laughs> I got plenty of experience of me talking. It doesn't work out too good. So I really appreciate it when he kind of takes over a little bit, and I and I can get out of the way, which is not always easy, you know. But he's patient and he's gracious and he's kind and somehow he finds a way through to get through all the mess that I am. I'm a great big mess, but he can make something out of it. So I really appreciate that, that he's so loving and and kind that he can use even someone like me. And like I said, I guess if he can use Balaam's donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he can use asses like us, right? Exactly. It's, yeah, I feel yeah. that way because it's like, ah, oh, there I go again, you know, but <laughs> he is, he is love and he is mercy. And when we're sincere with everything, Amen. that's when he can and change us. Amen. You know? All right. Well, thank you, Suzanne. Yeah. Thank you. You guys take care. Have a great weekend. You too.